1: Hey y'all, we wanted to share with you some of the fun we've been having over on Patreon. For this Best of January, we're bringing you short clips from some of the bonus content from the last month to give you an idea of everything you get when you sign up to support the show. First,
2: we have a clip from our January mini-sode discussing further updates in the Murdoch case out of South Carolina. We discussed the trials so far, including comments on the opening statements and the
1: timeline of events as evidenced by cell phone data. After that, we have a clip from True Crime Headlines where we talk about how digital evidence shows that the killer in the Moscow, Idaho case was potentially planning the crime for months before.
2: That's followed by a clip
1: from our debut of a
2: new bonus live stream segment called Rural Internet Post, where our own Heather McKinney personally curated funny, interesting, and at times completely wild posts
1: from her hometown's Facebook groups. That's right, groups, plural. You gotta, you gotta listen for the Shortcake Saga.
2: Oh, the
1: Shortcake Saga. Yes. <laughs> and after that, finally, you'll hear a segment where our unpopular opinion leads to a ticklish discovery that leaves us wanting more. Mm.
2: Join us on Patreon today to get ad-free regular episodes, hundreds of hours of audio and video bonus content, on-demand archives of the video live streams, and so, so much more. You'll also get to be a part of all the fun we have throughout the rest of the year. An annual subscription to our Patreon gets you immediate access to the bonus content,
1: plus a free month of membership. To join our Patreon and check out all these perks, head to the link in the episode description or go to Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner to sign up today.
2: You can also go to Sinisterhood.com slash live shows to get tickets to all of our tour dates. They're all on sale now and we'll be announcing more cities soon.
1: Yeah, if you're listening to the rural internet clip and then go and watch the thing, part of the joy of our relationship is me finding things. It's like Jim and Pam on The Office where Jim says, I know what Pam loves, but (laughs) indeed, I know what Pam hates. And I love to... to fetch things and bring it to Christy to surprise, uh, sometimes annoy, <laughs> shock, amuse, and have her comment on. And we have specifically uh, chunked out a part of the show for that. So we hope you'll enjoy it yes, on the our show. Mm-hmm. full moon energy tour when we go on tour starting March 7th in Tacoma. So yeah, go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows and then come hang out with us. It's going to be so much fun. And I'm very much looking forward to being surprised
2: because Heather's slideshows and powerpoints never disappoint. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Well, the trial has begun and wow. Yeah,
1: I put a on our Instagram stories when the it began, I put a poll that said are you watching or not and 70% of people said not and all the responses in the DMs were like you're going to watch and then tell us what happened. <laughs> and it was well, like, yeah. That's what we've we done. Are. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. It's um, It's been a wild
2: first week. There's uh, been lots of information that personally I could not stomach sitting there hearing. If if Dick Harpootlian says one more time, his head exploded like a watermelon when talking about Paul.
1: Yeah, he continues to use that language. I think, in an effort to show the extreme brutality mm-hmm. of the crime, to basically make it so unbelievable to the jury that Alec would have done this. No, I, I
2: totally agree. It's I wondered gross. though does Alec know what Dick Harputlian is going to say in his opening statements? Do the lawyers usually tell their clients what they're going to say?
1: Most of the time, you would give a general overview. You're not going to let them read it in advance. However, extremely high-profile client and a client who's an attorney and has the background that Alec had, it would not surprise me if Dick said, either, I'm going to hit on these points. And just so you know, I'm going to really hit on Mm -hmm. the gruesomeness because they need to understand that you did not do this. And I'm going to make sure to say, blah, blah, blah. Is there anything you think I'm leaving out? I, because of who the client is, he, Alec, might have an idea or, or say, oh, well, I noticed with juries like this, whatever. Dick is also a practicing attorney. I mean, he doesn't need help. But to the extent your client is available to give you that advice mm-hmm. and, you know, you want them to be part of their own defense. He probably did share it a little bit. But
2: well, I ask because somebody on YouTube, when I was watching a recap in the comments, was like, the fact that Alec... Is allowing him to say his head exploded like a watermelon if a hatchet hit it a watermelon over and over. Their point was Alec is a monster because he's allowing this description of his son to be said over and over to help get him off.
1: And especially given that Buster is in the uh yeah the out in the audience, a lot
2: of the family members are. It I I understand wanting to support. And with anybody going to support their loved one on trial, it's admirable when you can sit there and hear the heinous details of how your other loved ones were slaughtered. Yeah. It's real rough. Well, we're going to talk all about the uh, first week of the trial in this one, and we are continuing to watch. It's supposed to go about another two weeks, so we'll probably do another update after it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. In December of 2022, Alec was indicted on tax evasion charges. Over the course of nine years, it is alleged he brought in over $14 million and failed to fully pay the taxes he owed, a sum of over $400,000. According to NBC News, the new tax evasion charges bring the grand total of financial fraud charges against Alec to over 100. Uncle Sam's are always going to get theirs. Mm Mm-hmm. On December 20th,
1: South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson said in a statement, After carefully reviewing this case and the surrounding facts, we have decided to seek life without parole for Alec Murdoch. Seeking the death penalty would have likely delayed the proceedings by months.
2: With this new announcement, the trial was set to start on January 23rd, 2023. During the first week of January... The litigation surrounding the boat crash that killed Mallory Beach was settled between the victims of the boat crash and the estate of Maggie Murdoch. The terms of the settlement called for Buster Murdoch to receive a half-million-dollar share of his mother's estate. The rest of Maggie's multi-million-dollar estate will be divided among the other boat crash survivors and will cover legal fees. The judge in that case approved the settlement over objections from Alex's former law partner and one of the banks he swindled out of money. Alec Murdoch remains a defendant in the case alongside the estate of Paul Murdoch and Parker's Kitchen convenience store.
1: Yeah, so at least, you know, the boat crash victims will be getting some compensation for what happened and their injuries. It still doesn't bring Mallory
2: back and some of them suffered severe injuries. It's interesting that Paul is considered to have an estate.
1: Well, yeah, any person that died has an estate and it now wondering because Maggie's estate is being split 50% to Buster 50% to the victims i don't know what else might have gone to Paul except if Maggie had an account that was a non probate account that listed either Paul or Paul and Buster in equal shares That's true. as the recipient. So it might, you know, maybe she had an IRA that was like, oh, I'm going to have this one go to Paul. It's yeah. $50,000. Then they have to wait till it goes to his estate and then settle that out of his separate estate. It's just kind of paperwork moving. That's true. I was thinking of
2: it as his estate is in, uh, you know, what his parents owned. So, mm. but when you think of it as he probably has, um, Saving his accounts and stuff like that, then,
1: yeah. And stuff from her that would trickle down to Mm -hmm. him that wouldn't be considered part of the probate estate that would be distributed to these victims.
2: Alec went on trial for the murder of his wife and son on Monday, January 23rd, 2023. Jury selection took all day Monday and Tuesday, with the jury finally being seated on Wednesday before lunchtime. The jury is comprised of four men and eight women, ten of whom are white and two who are African-American.
1: There are three male alternates and three female alternates. And they made everybody say where they worked, which on the live television, which some people said in a small county like that meant you could pretty much tell who they were. I would be
2: kind of scared if I was a juror on this case, honestly, and because Mm -hmm. it is such a small town and it just seems like information like that could get out easily.
1: Oh, yeah. And because the courtroom people are sitting in there, I mean, it's not completely packed, but your faces are showing. I mean, I'd be wearing a mask every day. Be like, I'm gonna wear a mask, a Mm -hmm. hat, give me some glasses. Right. They probably won't let you because the lawyers like to be able to see expressions on the jurors faces. True. The judge ruled that all
2: autopsy photos and crime scene photos and videos, which graphically depict the victims, will be filed under seal and not copied, reproduced, disseminated, or photographed, or made available to the public. After the trial, members of the media can petition to have the evidence unsealed. And reports are that it is grisly. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just from the verbal explanation of it, I would not want to see those crime scene photos, and I don't think that the public needs to see those crime scene photos.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. It's tacky,
2: it's just morbid curiosity, and it's disrespectful to the victims and their families. And the
1: judge just said on a case-by-case basis afterwards, because you do want freedom of the press, and that should be made available, but he, I think, is understandably, knows how much interest is in this case and is like, I will approve those on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, It's not just going to be, case is over, here's the file, go put it in whatever magazine or whatever website. Mm
2: -hmm. And they've released some photos of shell casings, guns, some videos of uh, SLED going into the Murdoch's, the Moselle property, into the gun room. Good lord. The amount of guns these people have is... It's like a, a gun store.
1: Yeah. When you're like, uh, I have so many AR-style rifles, I lost one of them. You're like, you, you just don't know what happened to it. Yeah, oh, I hadn't seen it for a while. You're like, that's too many. You should know where all of them are. Put an air tag on it. They're, Do something. And they're just like, they're not in a safe.
2: They're, they're in a room with a pool table and couches and a big old TV. It looks like a, a rec room. Yeah. And on the wall... The whole entire wall just has like a wooden structure that's built almost like you have to hold pool sticks, but instead they're holding a bunch of guns.
1: Anybody can walk up and pick one up. That is an enormous amount of trust you put in your house guests
2: and your kids who That's true too. Dick Harpootlian admits in his opening statements that Paul was not responsible with guns and would, in fact, leave them all over the house or leave them in cars or leave them out on the property. If you know your kid does that, I don't think they should be able to have a gun.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. He said he left guns and clothes all over the state.
2: Real, real loose, real fast and loose. I with mean, guns. I get that they're hunters and they have an 1100 acre property that they hunt. I've never been a hunter. It's insane to me that you would need this many guns. Unless you just like collecting guns.
1: And if you like collecting and you need that many, that's fine. Lock them up. You gotta lock them up. Yeah, yeah.
2: Creighton Waters began opening statements for the state. He graphically described the scene. At 8.50 p.m. on June 7th, 2021, Paul Murdoch was shot in the chest and shoulder with buckshot from a shotgun. Waters called Paul's injuries catastrophic, resulting from the second shot penetrating Paul's head. He then described Maggie running from the scene and being gunned down with a 300 blackout AR-style rifle. She was shot first in the legs, then, Waters told the jury, Alex shot her twice in the head as she was lying on the ground. Waters emphasized how neither victim had defensive wounds, as if they didn't see a threat coming from their attacker. Both Paul and Maggie were shot at extremely close range, Waters said. He also mentioned stippling, blood spatter as a result of shooting someone at close range, and that these were the type of marks on Alec's clothes that a forensic pathologist could see. Waters emphasized Alec's attempt at creating an alibi. Alec told everyone who would listen that night that he was never near the kennels. Despite this perpetual lie, video footage on Paul's phone showed Alec with Paul and Maggie at 8.44 and 55 seconds that night. You can hear Paul, Maggie, and Alec standing near one another at the kennels. Then, at 8.49 and one second, Paul's phone locked for the last time. At 8.49 and 31 seconds, Maggie's phone locked for the last time.
1: Bam! On November 29th, they had a hit to 28-year-old PhD student Brian Koberger, who lived near one of the final spots where the camera caught his sedan. Once they ran his name, they pulled up his driver's license. They see his all of his descriptions. Dylan had said he's a white male, around six foot tall. He's Brian is six foot, athletic but thin, with bushy eyebrows, mm-hmm. and he has very bushy eyebrows. Then they also found that his car, that they noticed that the sedan did not have front license plates. And in Idaho and Washington, you're required to have front license plates. In Pennsylvania, you're not. And the car initially had been registered to WSU with this Pennsylvania plate. But five days after the murder, the registration was changed from Pennsylvania to Washington. The tags were already set to expire November 30th. So they were going to expire the 30th. The murder occurred on the 13th. He went and changed his plates on the 18th, just five days later.
2: Indicating that he was trying to, he knew, he knew that they were on his tail or at the very least he thought they could be. So now I got to change my plates. So I'm going to throw them off my scent.
1: I think, or because I think he was stalking them for a while, I think he waited and committed the murder right before his plates were due to be changed so he wouldn't look suspicious that he mm-hmm. changed his plates right after the murder mm-hmm. so earlier in that year in August he had been stopped by police and it happened to be that he was near this residence it just he's just a couple of blocks away it's like a super random happenstance he's been stopped several times over the last year i'm like this man must drive like a maniac because i've not been stopped knock on wood in like 5 years cuz mm-hmm. i've followed the rules but when one of the many police stops they noted in their affidavit uh his cell phone there they noted in their uh ticket they got his cell phone number so now once police found that this car had been stopped they went and grabbed that they got the cell phone then they tracked the cell phone data they noticed that he had applied for an internship with the pullman police department in the fall of 2022 And in his entrance essay to the police department, he offered that he wanted to help rural police better understand and collect and analyze technological data, including cell phone. And he had a background in forensic computing and he understood cell phone tracking. So having all this information, they're like, that's at least enough to get a warrant for his cell phone data. So they did. So they got the data for his phone as well as towers surrounding these areas. What do you think happened whenever they trace the movement of his phone and the movement of his car?
2: (laughs) I'm going to assume that he gets pinged quite a bit over at the King Road house.
1: Yeah, this is this is where it gets eerie. So his phone was moving with the Elantra on the night of the murder starting at 242. Because like I said, they saw at 244 that car leaving the WSU area. It stopped connecting to the network right then consistent with being either turned on to airplane mode or turned off
2: which if you are studying that kind of stuff you would know to do
1: mhm and then his phone pinged again at 448 well south of moscow where the crimes happened and then it pinged again at 450 and then 525 and so then he turned he- it back on afterwards on his after he was back home and then when you look at the map so in the probable cause affidavit the police have tracked a map so basically he drove from where he lived which was not very far about 10 minutes i guess just depending on what route you took over to the murder spot then he drove due south like super far from the murder site then turned his phone on so it pinged far south and then he drove all the way back home he thought he was
2: being so fucking smart yeah he
1: thought he was but he really wasn't no the area that he drove into while the phone was dark is a wooded area with also not very many cell towers. They think that's probably where he dumped the clothes. And, and by they, I mean I in <laughs> law enforcement search sources. It, the probable cause affidavit, you should think of it not as this is our whole case against Brian Koberger. This is this is the bare minimum amount we have to tell a judge so that we can arrest him. Mm-hmm. So we have to show we have enough to arrest him, but we don't want to tip our whole entire hand. Right. So he went this far, he went, to, what do you think he's doing out in the woods after you killed four people and you're covered in blood? Yeah,
2: I, I think if you go search in that area, you'll probably find some stuff.
1: Yeah, well, he turns his phone back on. He gets home, like I said, around 527 a.m. The morning after the murders, his phone pinged again. He left home at 9 a.m. He arrived near the crime scene at 912 and was around at the crime scene until nine twenty one and then got home at nine thirty two so he, he's going
2: he's going back and visiting the crime scene, yeah seeing if anybody's figured it out yet,
1: and by that time, eerily enough, no one had yeah they had they didn't call the police until eleven fifty eight a m so he commits this heinous crime, drives back and sees no cops, no crime scene tape, nothing. thank God he didn't go back in. he just turned around and went back home, yeah. Further data re- revealed that in the months leading up to the murder, starting in June of 2022, he had driven to the crime scene twelve prior times, all in the late evening and early morning hours of the respective days. So, and for
2: all, as of now, there has been nothing that like these people were friends. They knew him. He had a reason to like he he. They hung out all the time. So, of course, he was over there. They did not know each other.
1: No. And that's the weird thing is, like, so far, there's no concrete evidence linking them. Folks online have noticed what a social media account they believe to be his following one or two of the victims. But none of that has been revealed by police. Nobody in their family is like, oh, they knew him. They were they weren't in classes. You can follow anybody. And you can follow him after as well too, which is what I was like. There's no date on when he would he would have started following. Yeah, unless
2: their accounts had been closed down, he or shut down. Certainly could, and one Uh, might want to to see updates.
1: That's what I'm thinking of, like, if the family's like, we're so mm-hmm. sad and we miss you. And it, like, makes him feel a certain way to check it. Well, that one of the nights that he went and stocked up the house, he was stopped by cops. And it was noted in the cops report and everything. And the cell phone data supports where that stopped happened. So this is just always for the police to say, oh, he can't say, oh, well, someone else had my phone that night. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you were stopped by police alone in your car with your phone. We know it was you. So they obtained the warrants. They checked all this stuff out. They see that he's been stalking them. Essentially, the day of the crime, it was kind of weird. He was, like, driving around places, like, 34 miles south of the crime scene. He was near a coffee shop. Then he entered an Albertson's grocery store for about 20 minutes and went in and bought some unknown items around 1 p.m.
2: This was the day
1: of the murder? Before he committed the murders, the morning of the 12th. And then around 5.32 to 5.36 p.m., he was in Johnson, Idaho, which is uh 87 miles southeast of the crime scene and then his phone went offline between five thirty six p.m and 8:30 p.m mm-hmm. and so where he was in johnson idaho is so if you kind of drew like a long line his house is at one end johnson idaho's at the other end the crime scene's in the middle he would have had to where he was in the woods pass by their house
2: so maybe he was going to scope out where he was going to dump stuff later
1: Yes. Or maybe scoping out where they were since his phone was off and it pings his house again. And then he left his house at 2 a.m. So the day of I think he was doing recon the day of, like Mm -hmm. you said, scoping them out, scoping out where he was going to dump stuff while it was still daylight. It makes me sick
2: to my stomach to think that these kids were just living their life, going about their day, having no idea that this monster is tracking their every move because he's going to kill them later that night
1: you think of the dozen times that he was driving mm-hmm. up and down the street past their house mm-hmm. makes you sick and they have no idea no idea they're just living their ha- lives yeah. having fun um well the affidavit also cataloged all this the so, so he posted this, all that to say he posted a woman she was an older lady she had really bleached like destroyed bleached hair and then her makeup was kind of sloppy so kind of sloppy okay thick black eyeliner sloppy red lipstick and she looked down on her look she's sitting on a bit she looks kind of down on her look and okay. ricky d posts ladies if you're having a bad hair day just make sure you throw on some makeup and nobody will notice making fun of this gal and okay. in the comments people were like You don't know what her life is like. You don't know where this photo came from. It didn't Mm -hmm. look professional. It looked like a a down on her luck woman, maybe a sex worker. She was wearing like very little clothing and like high heels out on the street, like sitting on a city bench, Mm -hmm. kind of exhausted, bedraggled looking. And to the most people's credit, there were some like LOLs, whatever, here and there. But to most people's credit, they're like, you don't know who this person is. You don't know what her life's like. This isn't cool. Somebody Uh else. (laughs) clicked on ricky d's profile and started clowning on his wife <laughs> and oh, was like shit. you know who she looks like she looks like the girl from your profile picture so maybe check your wife before you come and hate <gasps> on people on the group." it was goddamn they started fucking roasting ricky D. he was getting dragged <laughs> he was fully getting dragged he was kind of trying to respond but most of mostly oh, he was clearly you know awkward. he hurt that stings i mean that's like somebody
2: calling your kid ugly because now you're like if call me ugly, but if you call like Tommy or one of my kids or somebody in my family ugly, that that's a different type of hurt,
1: right? And so his he was it with I guess anger, Ricky rage. Don't Ricky D? Ricky <laughs> Don't. <laughs> well, here's his response to getting dragged for posting this photo and okay. making fun of this woman's appearance. Oh no. For you people that have no sense of humor, have fun with your dull life. Okay. I will remove myself from this group just for oh, you. Oh, no. Be blessed. Be blessed. Oh, that's
2: the southern way of saying, go fuck yourself. Take two of these and call me in the morning. I like that so. dull
1: life is a <laughs> proper noun. <laughs> it's the sequel to the Paris Hilton Nicole Richie show, but it's two people you've never heard of and don't care about. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, so Ricky D's not in the. He's not in the group anymore. He left the Splinter Group, and so then the guy who started the oh, Splinter Group. Oh, I bet
2: this hit well in the real Mesquite.
1: So he logs in. The, this is the owner of the group said. Damn, y'all fired Ricky D. <laughs> Circled it. <laughs> it was like damn, because he again he's he's made it clear like I don't fire I don't ban people I don't tell people what they yeah. can, can't post. No. Um, what kind so- of uh,
2: what is that? A socialist?
1: Yeah, I don't know what
2: you'd be. If you're just like dictator.
1: You oh, figure so- it out. Oh, yeah, it's socialism, I guess, or yeah. like pluralism, like whoever votes the most. <laughs> um, and then Ricky D found mm-hmm. a new place. Yeah, he went back.
2: You shouldn't have never left. You knew he that should- that was your group. He shouldn't branched left. out,
1: Mm-mm. and um, I want you to read the timestamps on all these. So, <laughs> oh no. So eight hours from when I took the screenshot, he posted. Okay. Yep, what a cold day it was in Mesquite. Just when I started to have faith in mankind. No bank robberies anymore. Now they're stealing monkeys from the zoo. Full circle. Topical. Topical. Same I, hour. Again, cold is capitalized. Mankind. I can
2: understand that one a little bit more. I don't think we capitalize monkeys unless that's somebody's name.
1: Yeah. Or maybe. zoo. No. <laughs> and reactions. Oh, Thumbs up. Sad. Angry. No There's laughing. A lot-
2: there's a lot of
1: emotions. No, but no laughing emojis. <laughs> so I think probably egged on by the want for the, the laughing emojis that he got. Again, in the same hour, he posts, oh, what a cold, icy evening in Mesquite. With all this bad weather, it's a good time to sit and read. I'm reading a book about a detective that solves crimes purely by chance. His name is Luck Holmes. Nah,
2: Ricky D. Yeah. Oh, bud. Yikes. He he is a fame whore. Let's just say it, okay? Yeah. He wants the laughs. He wants the likes. If he's not getting them,
1: he's gonna go for the low hanging fruit. He's going. So that was eight eight hours. The next hour, he posts. Yep, it's cold and mesquite <laughs> Wait, is this like today? Yeah, or it yesterday? Was, uh, I screenshotted him at like 2 a.m. So, okay. so, yeah, this hours. is. Yeah, it's, so this is very like cold. this cold that he's talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ricky D says, yep, it's cold in Mesquite. While leading the Mesquite Orchestra, my friend Bob was struck by lightning and electrocuted because he was such a good conductor. Oh, Bob <laughs> is okay. I see you. Baylor, room one, two, three. Bring pizza, chocolate cake, and beer. Thanks. Okay, Ricky, I got gotcha. you. You're saying you're.
2: In the hospital. Okay. You want people to bring you stuff. If nothing else comes (laughs) with this, can we please get a
1: mesquite orchestra? There is a mesquite orchestra. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. My mom goes to see him. I think my mom's friend plays in the orchestra or used to, or she plays in the band, but I think they have an orchestra and a band. It's like a community. Did you just
2: say that your mom plays in the mesquite band? Her friend. Okay, well, I was gonna be like, how have I not been to a show yet? If I suggested, if it was wrong,
1: orchestra, it's awesome. I never knew. The town has everything, it fucking rocks. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> that's Just
2: roaming the street,
1: <laughs> loose in the fucking street, fucking orchestras, shortcakes. There's enough for an entire Mosquito Well, Ricky D was not. So- oh, by the way, that's a joke because. My friend Bob was a conductor, or my friend Bob was leading the orchestra. He got electrocuted because he was a conductor. Yeah, um,
0: he added on
1: Baylor ICU. So then people put like care reacts, like, Oh, I hope your friends, yeah, yeah, because they only see what they want to see. The joke at the punchline, also, that it kind of makes
2: it seem like you are really in the hospital for some reason (laughs) because. Baylor is a oh, real. real hospital
1: here, so it's not even, like, a funny hospital name. No, he should have, I don't know, Broken Bones Hospital, I don't whatever. Or St. What Mary's, is- like, make it up. My friend
2: was struck by lightning and electrocuted. Okay, orchestra, so something having to do with music, the pit, Um, I don't know. Have to workshop that, but he should have played it back into what he already had going on. The ICU Baylor threw it off. It takes this joke from like an eight to a five. Yeah,
1: I mean, just chop, cut it, cuts it mm-hmm. off with the knees. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next hour, make it a great night in Mesquite. <laughs> Be safe and stay warm. And remember, I need a tax person who's not afraid of going to prison. Oh my gosh, that's just me. Thanks. That's exactly like God might be aliens, right? You know, but we can know the earth isn't flat. It's a marble and it's shaking <laughs> around and <in> somebody's noggin. <laughs> well, this next one is, it's interesting. And I'm interested to hear your take on it. Okay. They write, there should be scratching parlors the same way there are massage parlors. Listen, oh. I love a good massage and will pay top dollar for someone to get the knots out of my shoulder. But honestly, I love having my back scratched as much, if not more, than getting my back massaged. I would honestly pay massage prices for someone to scratch my head, neck, back, etc. It seems that this isn't a very normal thing, but I contemplate why there aren't scratching places. I guess the closest thing are bathhouses that offer scrubbing. (laughs) But that's not necessarily what I was envisioning.
2: You know, I had never considered this, but it makes sense. It's a thing. I I feel like it probably is a thing and we just don't know about it. Like you can probably, and I'm not saying like a shady thing. Like there no. are probably massage places that you can go to to get shit like this done.
1: There's a place in Dallas. Would you like to, to be know? scratched? It's, it's called the Tickle Bar. No, it isn't. The Tickle Bar is open to women and men, young and old alike. I don't like these binaries. Young? Just don't say
2: don't every- send your kids to the Tickle Bar. Fuck. Don't say everything. That's how they end up
1: on Dateline. Don't do that. Christ. Uh, priced affordably to allow reliable frequent treatment. So th- it's great. I what are love- their services? I- they will uh, tickle therapy. So they rub you with things. It's calming and relaxing. Here's the thing. I love to have my back scratch. I call it giving me scratchies. And if we're watching TV, I'll be like, "Will you give me scratchies. And Paris knows that either means scratchies my head or scratchies like my shoulder, like between my shoulder blades, Mm -hmm. just like very light scratchies back and forth. I love my scratchy time. So, however, I like my husband to do it. Right. But if you don't have a husband or if you maybe you're in a relationship, it's early days and you don't know how to express your desire to your lover, (laughs) this place is a the photograph uh, I would recommend you tell me marketing wise if they should change this. Okay. Uh,
2: I will say there's a documentary called Tickle. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: It's a legit place. But this photo... My
2: reaction did not have anything to do with the documentary. (laughs) Heather's screen shared right as I was starting to talk. This looks like... Your pussy's getting tickled. Judging by... (laughs)
1: This picture. That's what I was like. I get it. It's a legitimate thing. It was talking about like people like ASMR or people have certain sensory issues that this might be like therapeutic. I get it. But the photograph, do not choose that no. for the headline of your page. Yeah.
2: It's very, very sensual and sexual for sure. So can you pick what you want to be tickled with? Are there feathers? Are there other things? Yeah. It looks like there's makeup. Oh, makeup brushes.
1: Whenever huh. I just clicked to a different page and went, my <laughs> <it's
2: not> ear. <new. laughs> oh no! It didn't. It made noises. Yeah. Now it says we offer you two goosebump-inducing services. See, they do hair play. Oh, this hair is play. What Paris
1: does. I'm like, See, rub my hand back
2: tickling. It, I get it. I get this. Look at that. I get why people would want to go do this 100. percent
1: Look at those machineries that they're using. It's like I would combs. do that.
2: Yeah, my head. That's why I'm like, we scratches my head. I love having my head massaged. I will say, I don't want my armpit rubbed with that feather. Or is that her neck? Whatever that is. I don't think I want that. I don't like to be tickled. I love to be massaged. I prefer, I love my husband very, very much. I would rather go to a professional to get a masseuse. So I may, I get why you would want to go to a professional to do a, a tickle. Instead of someone in your own home.
1: Well, I'm gonna, as a person who loves to experience things, I'm gonna make a statement now. I'm gonna go to this place, and I'll will let you book the- us both an appointment. Let's do it. The book now, we'll do it right now. <laughs> Let's see God what we can it, do. damn it! It laughed at me again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like because you're getting tickled. But I will say the documentary tickled is about people that I believe that are. Pretty into this, but, like, more extreme. But then I think there might also be, like, a Tickle competition
1: or something. Yes. I haven't seen it, but I listened to the Dollop episode on it a while mm-hmm. back. Uh, let's a see friend what- of mine was one of the journalists that
2: worked on it. Um, and actually, I went to see it at the Majestic. And um, – oh, no, I didn't. I went to see – what was that Mike Barbiglia movie where it's all
1: about improv – Don't think twice.
2: Yeah. I saw that and I saw him speak and he mentioned the documentary just like offhandedly. He's like, if y'all haven't watched this documentary, you got to see it. So, and I had seen it, um, but I would recommend it, especially if what we're talking about sounds interesting
1: to you. Are we doing 30 minutes or an hour? Oh, I go hours. My gosh. (laughs) But But for tickling? Yeah. I don't, what all do you get? It says... We can't wait to tickle your fancy. Oh, God. That's all I said. Maybe says. I should ask Tommy if I can do this. <laughs> <Is> this, <laughs> I like this are we like, about to
2: sign up for something that we're not intending to sign up for?
1: If it's okay with you, my husband, I'll do it. I'm like, he don't, <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> no. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be fine. Well, we'll report back once we have completed our appointments. Mm-hmm. And this person, I think someone should be... Someone said... Ask your massage therapist, which I learned from a massage therapist, they prefer that instead of masseuse. Said, ask your massage therapist to scratch your head instead. Mm-hmm. My, it said, and then someone else said, "Is this a female thing?" My wife is all about scratches. The day I won her heart is I bought a head scratching doodad for her. Oh, those things are
2: awesome. The little thing, they look like a little alien thing that you just put up and down in your head. Oh yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we're doing it. So not so unpopular. All right.
2: No, I think that's a revolutionary idea, quite honestly.
1: Silly chicken girl, don't limit yourself. There's probably <laughs> a place. But I remember I saw an article about this when this tickle bar started. So, like I said, I love a new thing. I'll try it Let's out. Do it. We'll try it out. We'll go. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Popular, unpopular? I think it's a good idea. I think
2: that's a good idea. I mean, it's no weirder than getting a
1: massage. It's true. Yeah, it's funny whenever you say things.
2: If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the show on Patreon by clicking the link in the episode description or heading to sinisterhood.com and clicking Patreon on the top banner.
1: Thanks for listening and keep it creepy. Sinisterhood.